Well, good morning and welcome back to Spiritual Awareness with Pastor Davenport. If you're new to our broadcast, we are an Arizona 501c3 nonprofit prayer ministry, a spirit filled, Bible believing beacon of light, a non denominational ministry uh, that serves the Lord Jesus Christ both from Ash Fork, Arizona at Gospel of Hate Church, as well as from the uh, broadcast studio right here in Fort Mojave, Arizona. We're now broadcasting over to 31 different countries and providences around the world. So wherever you are hearing the sound of my voice, I welcome you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, today, uh, I, I apologize for missing Wednesday. I've been down, Lord, glory, we've been down for almost two weeks now with whatever this stuff is that's going around. Uh, Sister Judy and Pastor Bob and myself, all three have been down with it. Judy, we just got out of the hospital. Pray for her, please. I'll pray for all three of us. Um, and just to bring you up to date, uh, we did. We, we had had you praying for Sister Rosie. Um, Sister Rainey did pass away on April 11th. Um, and next Sunday, uh, the 22nd, I will be in Ash Fork at Gospel of Faith Church. Um, and the service will be at 1 o'clock. There will be a viewing at 12. And um, if you're in the area, we welcome you to, to stop by uh, to pay your respects. Um, Sister Rainey uh, was just, her and her husband Zeke were, were just marvelous. They, they, they were truly, truly of God. They, they, they walked in the spirit of the Lord. Um, wonderful Christian people that, that spread God's love wherever they went. And we just, we, we just can't say enough about them. Um, they actually donated the land the church is sitting on and, and were wonderful members and, and, and uh, helped build the church. And they were just wonderful, wonderful additions to God's family, the body of Christ. So with that, let us pray. I wanna to pray today, Father, in the name of Jesus, that each and every listener today would commit themselves to walk in your word, Lord. Your word. Let it live. Let it produce in our lives. Let it produce in this world that we live in. Let us re recognize that your word is, is the integrity in itself. It is steadfast. It is sure. It is eternal, Lord. And we must learn to trust our lives to its providence and provisions. I believe, Lord, that you have sent your word forth into all of our hearts. And we must let it dwell within us richly in all wisdom. Let us meditate in it day and night so that we may diligently act upon your word. The incorruptible seed the living word, the word of truth, it abides in our spirit. That seed is growing mightily in all of us right now, producing your nature, producing your life and the life of Christ within our spirit, within our souls. It is our counsel. It is, it is our shield, our buckler. It is our powerful weapon in, in, in the time of battle against the enemy. The word is a lamp which guides our feet and a light 
which enlightens our path. It makes our way plain before us. Lord, we do not stumble, for our steps are ordered throughout your word. The Holy Spirit leads and guides us into all the truth. It gives us understanding, discernment, and comprehension so that, that we are preserved from the snares of the evil one. We must delight ourselves in you and in your word. Because of that, you put your desires within our heart. And I pray we commit our way unto you, Lord, and you bring it to pass within our lives. We are confident that you are at work in us, now both to your will and to do all your good pleasure, Lord. We exalt your word, hold it in our high esteem, our highest esteem, and give in first place. Let us make a schedule to be within your word daily in our walk in this life. We pray these things today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Someone asked me, well, Easter's done. What's next? Well, after Easter, 50 days hence, came Pentecost. So today I want to go into the book of John, chapter 16, verse 7, and I'm going to try to take it easy. You know, I, unfortunately, with the Holy Spirit, I'm not known for taking it easy. But I'd like to go to John, chapter 16, verse 7, and I'd like to talk about the cross and from the cross to Pentecost. John, chapter 16, verse 7. <clears throat> and I still got a cough. I'm clearing my head, and I'm on the road to recover. Praise Jesus, and I thank you for all your prayers. Judy's on the road to recovery. Still got a cough. Still plugged up in the head a little bit. And Pastor Bob is as well. He's back to work today. But, you know, it takes, it takes all of us. It takes the power of prayer to run this stuff out. So today I want to talk about from the cross to Pentecost. In John chapter 16, verse 7, the Bible says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So for many people that are listening to the sound of my voice today, you know what Pentecost Sunday is all about. Now, we're early. I know that. But today I want to remind those of you who already know and teach those of you who don't know the story of what Pentecost is. So the next today and on Wednesday, I want to present this from the cross to Pentecost. So when Pentecost Sunday comes, You'll know what it is. So today we'll study the time that led up to Pentecost. And then I will conclude by preaching about the day of Pentecost. On Wednesday's midweek service. 
the following Sunday if you want to tune in I'm going to be preaching what I'll be preaching at the service for Rose Rainey for Sister Rainey so to get the full story everybody needs to come and listen on next Wednesday midweek service so my message today is the, from the cross to Pentecost so when I said that somebody said well what is Pentecost so there's a lot of people that are are new churchgoers there's a lot of people that are just now getting uh saved and they need they need to understand what that is we have these big celebrations like Pentecost Sunday glory to God and people are filled with the spirit and they're, and they're wondering what that is and what's going on. The meaning of the word Pentecost in the original Greek is 50 days after Passover. 50 days after Passover. And you'll find the word only three times throughout the entire Bible. Yet its lack of use doesn't take away from the importance of what that was. It had many other names, including the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of Weeks. But over time, the name Pentecost stuck. Three times a year, the Jewish people came to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of the Harvest. The Passover was the feast that celebrated the, the barley harvest. Easter occurred at that time of that Passover. The Feast of Tabernacles celebrated the harvest of the olives and grapes. And thirdly, the Feast of Pentecost celebrated the harvest of wheat. It was 50 days after Passover feast, the Jewish people celebrated the Feast of Pentecost. Now, the Feast of Pentecost was also a Sabbath day celebration. We understand that the Sabbath day is a day set apart to honor the Lord. In Leviticus chapter 23, verse 15 and 16, Leviticus chapter 23 verse 15 and 16 write it down i really appreciate you writing it down and then going back to it you know because i know i go kind of fast leviticus 23 verse 15 and 16 and ye shall count unto you from the morrow after the sabbath from the day that ye brought the sheaf of the wave offering seven sabbaths shall be complete even unto the morrow after the Seventh Sabbath shall ye number fifty days, and ye shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. So not only was it a Sabbath day celebration, it was the seventh Sabbath. This made it a special day among special days. The Feast of Pentecost was set apart as the Sabbath of all Sabbaths. Notice number 50 in this scripture. 50 has always been a special number to the Jewish people. In Leviticus 25, 8 and 10, And thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of years unto thee, seven times seven years. And the space of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto three, forty, and nine years. Then shalt thou cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month in the day of atonement shall ye make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. And ye shall hollow that fifteenth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land and to all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possessions, and ye shall return every man unto his family. 
verse 11, a jubilee shall that 15th year be unto you. Ye shall not sow, neither reap that which groweth of itself in it, nor gather the grapes in it of thy vine undressed. Now in the Old Testament, after a period of 49 years, the 15th year belonged to the Lord. It was called a year of jubilee. We can't understand the full impact of this without knowing its historical background. The Israelites had been slaves in the land of Egypt without freedom and without possessions for many, many, many years. And when they reached the land of Canaan, Joshua divided the land among their tribes and their families so that each had his own inheritance. Every adult male among them became a landowner. And this land was permanent possession that could never depart from his family. If a man became poor, he could sell part or all of his land, but only temporarily. It would always revert to him or his descendants at the year of the Jubilee. If he became even poor and was unable to pay his debts, he could sell himself into slavery and work to pay off his debts. Again, that slavery could only be temporary. When the great day of atonement in the year of the Jubilee came, he became free man once again and re repossessed his inheritance. Now, this event occurred only once every 50 years, only once in a lifetime. The sad part is there's no record that the laws of Jubilee were completely obeyed in the Old Testament. However, God still observed his old law. He observed his own laws. He observed the day of Jubilee. So the day of Pentecost was the 50th day following the seven weeks from the Passover. So over time, the Feast of Pentecost became the Jews' annual jubilee. It was a time of rest, a time of restoration and freedom from their bondage. And because of this, Pentecost became one of the most anticipated celebrations of the Jewish year. Every Jewish person would attempt to travel to Jerusalem for this celebration. So I want you to remember these three things about Pentecost. It was one of the most anticipated celebrations of the Jewish year. It was a day of jubilee, a day to celebrate freedom from bondage. It was celebrated 50 days after Easter. Now, in our text, Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I must go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Jesus was essentially saying, I will go away and come back another day. Earlier, he had told his disciples in John chapter 14, and I'm going to give you a moment to turn there. John chapter 14, verse 16 through 18. In John chapter 14, verse 16 and 18, Jesus had said he was going to go away and he's going to come back another day. He said in verse 16, and I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter 
that he may abide with you forever. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth, whom the word cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Where? In you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So for a period of months before Christ's crucifixion, Jesus had been telling his disciples that he was going to leave them. He would drop hints here and there. Out of the blue, he would make a statement like I just read to you. Hey, guys, I'm leaving you, but I won't leave you for long. I will come again. I won't leave you comfortless. And the disciples didn't understand what he was talking about. Jesus tried to explain it to them in John 14, but they they couldn't quite comprehend it. In John 14, verse 19 and 20, turn your Bible there. John 14, 19 and 20. Jesus says, yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. Verse 20, at that day, ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Jesus dwells within each and every one of us. When you look in the heart of your fellow Christian, do you see Jesus? When you look at someone who comes through the door of the church, do you see that aura? Do you see that that glory of God surrounding them? Can you see the love of Christ abound in them? When Jesus departed the world, would no longer see him, but they would be able to see him. Jesus said, at that day, say it with me, at that day. Which day was Jesus referring to? He was referring to the day of Pentecost. At Calvary, Jesus would be crucified. And the world would no longer see him. But he would show himself alive to his disciples. And then on the day of Pentecost, he would come back to them as another comforter, living, living with inside them, living with inside you and I forever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody lift their hands to heaven and shout amen. On that day, they would know. And on that day, you would know the day you accept Christ as Savior and Lord. They would understand and you would understand what Jesus was talking about. But right now, they were confused. And many of you listening to this broadcast may be confused. But Jesus is trying to tell you about the Holy Ghost as he was trying to tell them. And they were having a hard time accepting what Christ was saying. And many of you that are listening to the sound of my voice may be confused and having a hard time understanding what we're trying to say. I know what that feels like. I have tried to tell many people about the Holy Ghost, and it seems like they just don't hear me. The prophet Isaiah warned us what would happen in Isaiah 28, verse 11 and 12. Isaiah 
28, verse 11 and 12. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. Jesus called the Holy Ghost the Comforter. Isaiah called the Holy Ghost the Rest. Isaiah tried to explain it, but the people wouldn't hear. Who was it that would not hear? Was it the people of Israel? Some say it could be. I believe that it is referring to all people of all times who would not receive the word of this prophecy. Isaiah prophesied 3,000 years ago that there would be a people that would not accept this, that this comforter, this refreshing, this Holy Ghost is for them. But I have come today on this broadcast to tell you today that the Holy Spirit is for you. Yes, I'm speaking to you. It should not be surprising to you that the disciples were struggling with this. This was a new thing that had, had never happened before. They had never thought about the possibility of Jesus living inside them. And as you, you know, you think about Jesus, you think about church, but maybe your addiction is too strong. Maybe you say, I'm not worthy. The Bible, the, the Bible tells you plainly, you come as you are. You don't have to be a saint of God. You don't have to be holier than thou. You come the way you are. Christ wants you just how you are. You bring your life as it is right now. You're addicted to alcohol, bring it. You're addicted to drugs, that's fine. He is the healer. He is the counselor. He is the great I am. And he will accept you just the way you are now. It's time. It's time to change your life and begin anew. How many times in this world do you get a chance to erase that board of life and start anew? But Jesus Christ is saying to you today, on this day, I will give you a new life. I will cause you to become a new creation in Christ Jesus. This is was a new concept to them, and it should be a new concept to you. On top of that, Jesus had, had already been with them. He was there in person. They could talk to him every single day when they had a problem. They, could, they just went to Jesus. What could be better than that? But right now, they, they were confused. Jesus will be leaving them, and they're about to enter into a very dark time in their life, a very confusing time. And I feel 
in my heart right now that there are some out there listening to this broadcast right now that are also in that troubling time. My friend, it began on Easter Sunday. It begins with the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Think about it. He died on that cross for you. Every drop of that blood that he shed was shed for you. Now, Peter assumes it is all over once Jesus dies. He dies. He ever knew the Lord. He comes in and he denies him three times. Oh, I don't know him. And the other disciples don't even stick around to bury Jesus. Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea, one of the Sandrian members, buries Jesus in his own tomb, in his own sepulcher. A few days, few days later, Jesus is missing. Whoa. Some said that he had risen from the dead. Others said that his body had been stolen. Nobody knew for sure what had happened to Jesus. Finally, they met together in his secret house for fear of the Jewish leaders finding them and crucifying them also. It was here that Mary told them that she had seen the Lord Jesus Christ. And on that same day, Jesus came and he showed himself to the disciples. Remember, they are now in that 50-day period between Easter and Pentecost. It was during the time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples again, but not to the world. About 500 of his disciples saw him alive. And when the disciples when the disciples saw Jesus alive, they were so happy. They were so thrilled. They were so joyous. The Lord lives. The Lord has risen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus had told them, tear down this temple and I will raise it back in three days. There was this feeling of uneasiness about the future. They thought it would be like old times, but it wasn't. Jesus was with them for a short time, but they weren't going out to teach the people like they used to. There were no crowds following Jesus. There were no miracles. They knew something wonderful had just happened, but there was a tension in the air. Something was up. For months, Jesus hadn't been preparing them for this very moment. Jesus' death his burial, and his resurrection were for this very purpose. Calvary was pointing the way to Pentecost. <clears throat> Pentecost could not happen without Jesus ascending to heaven. So Jesus had to leave them. And they didn't quite understand what had happened, what was happening to them. They didn't understand why Jesus had to leave. He was just now returned. Jesus had told them many times about leaving. Now the time had come and they were not ready for it. What were they going to do without their Lord? How were they going to make it without Jesus? They just got him back after losing him on the cross. And now they were losing him again. So here we find seven of the disciples of the Lord. They were confused. They were upset. They were afraid. Now I want you to pay close attention and listen to what happens next. In the book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The book of John, chapter 21, verse 2 and 3. 
There were two together, Simon Peter and Thomas, called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Canaan in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two others of the disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into the ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. And after giving up their old life and professions for three and a half years to be with Jesus, they turned around and go right back to it. Now Jesus had showed himself alive. He tried to explain to them about the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. They were about to receive the greatest gift ever given. They were about to become the very first members of God's church. But in this scripture, we find them giving up on Jesus and returning to their old life. The Bible says they all got in a boat. They all went fishing. But they were not fishing for fish. They were looking for answers. We can see that Peter is very upset. He's not even in the right mind. He, in verse 7, we read that Peter is naked. Who gets into a boat with six other men naked? Peter has totally lost it. It is clear that he is not really there to do to go fishing. He's not there to catch bluegill and catfish. But Peter is bound up with fear and doubt and confusion. I wonder how many of us have been where Peter is. Peter is so afraid about the future that he gave up on Jesus and went back to his old life. There's something about Peter that, that we can all relate to. And Peter is just like the rest of us, isn't he? He is so human. He questions everything. He is full of faith and doubt all at the same time. He gets mad and upset at the smallest things. People tick him off. When the Lord needs him the most, he fails. So Peter does what he does best. He goes off to his little boat, has a pity party for himself. How many have ever done that before, I wonder? I know, I can't see you, but you're raising your hand. <laughs> you don't need to raise your hand. I want you to keep remembering that this is happening during the 50-day period time between Easter and Pentecost. And in the Old Testament, this was a period of time when the people sold themselves into slavery. And Peter doesn't understand what is happening, but he is living in bondage to fear. And if he doesn't snap out of it, he's, he's about to lose his eternal inheritance. Worse than that, he's pulled six of the other disciples down with him. They were count, counting on Peter. He was their leader. With Jesus gone, they would follow Peter to the end of the earth. So what these disciples could not realize was that Jesus was preparing them for the, their jubilee. Jesus was not really leaving them, but he was preparing them for Pentecost. The disciples couldn't see it. They couldn't understand it. They couldn't accept it. They couldn't understand the fact that they needed a, 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 a Pentecost experience. They needed and didn't think they needed another comforter. What could be greater than walking with Jesus? Often, when we're going through our darkest times, Jesus is preparing us to receive something greater than we have ever received before. He's preparing you and I for our jubilee. 
He wants to set us free. Hallelujah. He wants to give us our inheritance. And I want you to know today that if you are living in bondage, if you are living in fear, if you are a dark place right now of depression, your day of jubilee is coming. Your Pentecost is just around the corner. Hallelujah. Jesus has not left you. Glory to God. He has just stepped off the scene for a moment to allow you to find the glory that surrounds you and to reach out in faith for Jesus. He wants to give you something. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, In whom ye also trusted. In whom ye also trusted. After that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that ye believed. Say it with me. Ye believed. Ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased <coughs> possession unto the praise and his, uh, or of his glory. What is it that Jesus wants to give you? The earnest of your inheritance. It is called the Holy Ghost. Somebody lift your hands to heaven and shout amen. Jesus told his disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 5, For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. This was a new thing for a new time. The disciples did not understand it yet. You say, I can't put down the booze. I can't stop the drugs. Let me tell you, when you receive the anointing of the Holy Ghost, that stuff will be gone instantly. You say, I, I, I tell you, I can't give it up. I'll tell you right now, when you get filled with the anointing of the Holy Ghost, boom, it's gone. Hallelujah. Your life will change in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. They knew what it felt like to be in Jesus' presence. It feels good to feel his presence. It is powerful. It is supernatural. And it will shake you up. Hallelujah. But Jesus was trying to give them something greater than that. You see, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive Christ in you. His spirit dwells within your soul. It dwells with inside your spirit. There is a difference. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody give God praise and glory this morning. John 14, verse 17. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, either knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Glory to God. If it had been left up to the disciples, Pentecost would never have happened. They would have kept Jesus all to themselves. Mm. Let me get something on my throat here. They would have been happy to live in hiding with Jesus the rest of their days. The disciples were self-centered. It was all about them. But Jesus said, "It. this isn't all about you. That's why I must go. It is, it, it, it's expedient for me to go away because everybody 
from this moment on needs to experience Pentecost. Amen. Everybody from that moment till now and the future need to experience Pentecost in their lives. Everybody needs their day of jubilee. Everybody needs to be set free from bondage. Everybody needs to receive their inheritance. The in, in the original Greek, expedite means especially advantageous. Not only was Pentecost necessary for the disciples, but it was especially advantageous. They were about to be endowed with power from on high. A power, a supernatural power that they did not have in Luke chapter 24, verse 49 in closing. And behold, say it with me, and behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endowed with power from on high. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, please pay attention. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Wherever you are listening to the sound of this podcast, that's who Jesus, that's who God is talking about. You are in the uttermost part of this earth, and you are to become a witness of God. Hallelujah. Through the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Ghost, the disciples would have kept Jesus to themselves. Without the Holy Ghost, there would be never have been the church. Without the Holy Ghost, there would never have been Pentecost. Without the Holy Ghost, there would never be any missionary journeys. The disciples didn't reach the world until Pentecost happened to them. Without Pentecost, Peter, James, John would still be fishing for tilapia on Lake Tiberias. I want you to know that Pentecost is for you. And this is your Jubilee. You can't make it without the Holy Ghost. Today is your inheritance. Reach out and take hold. Today, I want to give you that opportunity to just reach out and ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. As the disciples thought they lost Jesus, you cannot lose Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Today, I don't care what your situation is. I don't care how bad you think you might be, what you've done. Jesus knows. And Jesus is calling you to come to him right now. It's a simple prayer. I ask you to just repeat it with me. If you're addicted to drugs or alcohol, whatever it may be, whatever your sin may be, Jesus is the one who can wash away that sin. He can make that new creation. He can wash you white as snow. I invite you now. To say this prayer and come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Won't you just, wherever you are, just say this with me. Father, go ahead out loud. Father, 
in the name of your son, I come before you in prayer. Lord, I am a sinner. I have sinned against you. But today, Lord, I repent of my sins. I turn away from my past life. I believe in my heart that Jesus died for my sin. I take the blood of Christ upon me. And I believe that he was raised on the third day, resurrected a new life, as I too can be resurrected a new creation in Jesus Christ. Forgive me. Come into my life and let me live for Jesus. I accept him as my Lord and Savior on this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. My friend, if you said that prayer in, in sincere prayer of faith, I ask you to seek out a Bible-believing church, wherever you may be. If you're anywhere close to Ashford, I invite you to, to join Gospel of Faith Church for their services, 11 o'clock every Sunday. Just take Highway 89 out to Bullock Road. Take Bullock Road to where the pavement in and enjoy that little church. And ask them to baptize you for the remission of your sin in Jesus' name. And I welcome you to the family of God. Find a church of love, for that's truly who God is. With that, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you till he brings us all back again. God bless.